You are now listening to Lost and Rewound on Radio Free Brooklyn. Time to get embarrassed with us. Hello. You made it. I was so happy you joined us. Oh, it's going to be a great hour of Lost and Rewound on Radio Free Brooklyn. My name is Alon Danziger. I am the host and producer for this program in where we dig deep, dig real deep, like down below the crevices of what is known so that we can listen to the old sounds from your yesteryears and learn a little bit about who we used to be, connecting the dots between then and now, if there are even any dots at all in the first place. We'll have to find out because if you want to be on the show and find out what kind of dots you've got, <laughs> you could do so. We'd love to have you on and receive any of and all of your curiosities and inquiries. Lost and Rewound at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org is the email address you can do to reach out to us. You could download the Radio Free Brooklyn app if you want to listen on the go. You should. Radio Free Brooklyn app for Android at the Google Play Store for Android or the App Store for iPhone. We are streaming live all the time and there's already like 90 other hours of show that exists on a weekly basis here on RFB. If you want to find out about any of the events that are coming up or ticket giveaways or special offers on Schwag Schwag and much, much more, you should sign up for the Radio Free Brooklyn newsletter. That's RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash newsletter. And it'll only come to your inbox once a month because we are dedicated to a spam-free world. Finally, if you want to listen to any of our past episodes, go ahead. Do your worst and find all the previous episodes that you can. There are so many, many to choose from on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, or Podomatic. And if you go to our profile page at Radio Free Brooklyn's site, that's radiofreebrooklyn.org slash LIR. You can see the megaphone drop down player below our info and look at all of our past episodes. It's a pretty neat player. And this is going to be a neat show. That's going to eventually be archived on megaphone along with all the other platforms just mentioned. So I'm going to shut up, and we're going to get going on another edition of Lost and Rebound. Let's go! assembled a pantheon of amazing talent once again on this edition we have returning to the show Catherine dunn assemble hello we have returning to the show because she couldn't get enough of us from last week rachel teichman hey and returning to the show as well back for more is our friend tyree rush who could be heard on the radio free brooklyn network with his show serially single welcome back tyree hey I'm trying to figure out like which which hero am I in the pantheon? Which hero are you in the pantheon? I feel like the obvious choice would be Falcon, but I don't really like like heist or anything. So maybe I am. How is that obvious then? I don't know. No. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, <laughs> because you, you don't like heights. Well, I don't think that like bird behavior would be like the thing that I associate my herodom with, uh-huh. right? 
because isn't Falcon like he just talks to birds? He's like Aquaman, but like with birds. God, you you just brought something back I haven't thought of in years. <laughs> when I was in kindergarten, one of my first superhero ideas was Lark. Lark. That was his name. His name was Lark. What? Does he just creep invisibly? Yes. <laughs> Is Lark a lurker? Is that his... I mean, I didn't even know what lurking Skylark? was. Skylark? Like, what's his thing? Oh, I don't know. I was five. I think I just was uh, deciding to pick a cool bird name. name. Yeah. It was like Lark. But aviary uh, uh, interest was not for me, mm. even with a bird book in the house. Um, what about you guys uh, over here? What, 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 what kind of superhero did you come up with or did you gravitate towards? Actually, it's funny. This question came up last night when I did six unseemly questions. It did. Uh, so oh, you did the same thing that Rachel did uh, back when. Uh, yes. Yes. Did you win the five dollars? No, but I <laughs> did receive five dollars. It was very clear that it was not for my appearance in the show. But I will say that it was, in fact, for my appearance in the show because no one could stop me from saying it. Um, but no, I did not. The question was superhero, and I instantly thought Catwoman, and then I was like, Oh, oh why didn't you say that? Because Victor had called me out about like somebody called in from Camfrog to Dunson on a Saturday and they were like, why is Trixie Star, that's me, evil? And he said, Victor said to this person named Arby or nicknamed Arby, layers of nickname, Arby, um, <laughs> that I wasn't evil, that I didn't perceive myself as evil. I'm a misunderstood villain, basically. Like, like an anti-heroine. I guess so. Yeah, that yeah, like I kind of that, that yeah. I'm a villain because you see me as a villain because of the things I do. But my heart is like, or what? It wasn't that my heart is in the right place. He said he said it so brilliantly, yeah. and I can't repeat it because I forget how he said it. But if you listen to Dunson and the archives of Dunson <laughs> right here on Radio Free Brooklyn Saturdays at three, you can find out what Victor Varnado actually said. I was praying you were gonna say Wonder Woman. Yeah, I also I thought really it. I really wanted you to say Wonder Woman. But then I'm like, am I saying that because we just got the costumes? I'm like, no, but I really love her lasso of truth. Like, so all these things are running through my head. And instead, I just kind of like froze. Um, instead of saying like, I don't know, Catwoman, Poison yeah. Ivy. But then he would have called me out for but being exactly what he said. Low-key Catwoman and Poison Ivy, they are villains, but like... They're strong like, women. That's why they're villains. You want to yeah, go there? I'm kidding. Poison, Poison <laughs> Ivy is like a eco-terrorist, but like all of her like plots are that I'm trying to save the environment from you fucking assholes who keep polluting it. Yeah. She's not yeah. a villain. And Catwoman's just like, I Hot. don't want to like I don't want to participate in this patriarchy that won't allow me to have things. So yeah, I'm going to take them myself. <laughs> Rachel, what about yourself? Were you uh, uh, an anti-hero, a villain, a hero? Who did you uh, empathize or sympathize with effectively? I've always loved villains. Um, but if I had to create a superhero, it would always be a mind reading superhero. A I'm, mind I'm into psychics too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it'd always be a man. It was always a different name. Like every once in a while, I'd create a superhero and it'd always be some sort of psychic powered thing. And it'd always be a, ma a man. Always. 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 But in like the real life world, I'm more of a Spider-Man person. Okay. And Wonder Woman. And Wonder Woman. Yeah. Man, that'd be a fucking amazing team right there. Cross yeah. ropes. Yeah, that would be amazing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I guess I just love you're ropes. That's rope what it comes play. down to. Ooh, yeah. I see. <laughs> well, keep, well, you're, you're sharing so much with us. Uh, <laughs> this is a, a very expedited uh, uh, amount of sharing that you've been doing on these last two weeks, Rachel. You think so? Yes. Expedited no. sharing. <laughs> expedited sharing. Retiree, what about yourself? Uh, your involvement in the arts growing up, did you really gravitate towards, uh, you know, creating a superhero and performing maybe is that superhero 
Yeah, you know, me and one of my good friends in elementary school, um, and I went to like a very small school, kind of like you. In Georgia, like, right? Yeah, in Georgia, where we were like a class of 12. So we made a comic book and all of the characters were based on kids in the class. Oh, good. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm ready for this. Yeah. So it didn't last long because I think some <laughs> kids like kind of told us they didn't like the way that they were being represented. Sure. Okay. Um, But it was, yeah, like it was my first foray into kind of, oh, I can like write things and they can have parallels to people in the real world or people will like understand it that way. So, yeah. and I, I did all the writing, he did all the art and we just kind of did that for like until we got into middle school and got more concerned with like being on MySpace and shit. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, yeah, once MySpace comes around, you don't have to worry about it. You can just make a profile page <laughs> for your character. Exactly. I actually created a world with somebody of superheroes. Oh, you're like William Blake out here. No, it was like a whole world. They were not so superheroes. They're kind of like, they had like mundane-ish powers. Mm. Or like they weren't mundane, but they just weren't so super. Like a, like a former child superhero yeah. who's now just a pothead. But that was like his creation. But I created the female characters because he couldn't write females. Right. Naturally. So I can tell you those characters. One of them is named Annie, which is short for Animalina. Right. And she can talk to animals, but they don't take her seriously. <laughs> uh, so she knows what they're saying. She can translate them. Obviously, the actress playing her would have to do a lot of voices, yeah. but they don't take her seriously. Another one that I really like is If. If, if everyone just took one minute to really think about what they were, you get it. Yeah. Um, but it stands for invisible feminist because as oh. she gets angry, she becomes invisible. Interesting. Because women yeah. aren't seen and taken seriously. Boom. Boom. Yeah. I got you. I Thank synchronized you. booms. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry. You're... But you only heard the man say it. <laughs> <laughs> Just waiting for that, Tyree. You're for the setup. Uh, talking about Spike. writing. <laughs> Tyree, you're talking about writing in this journal with a friend. Who is the friend? Uh, yeah, my this is one of my close friends in elementary school. His name was Jamal. He was like one of the best artists I ever met in my life. And like you know, well, yeah, kids. Like we all watched Dragon Ball Z and like Gundam. I hate Gundam, but like I watched it and like he just, watched it. Yeah, I hate watching it because it was just so boring. It was always just like some James Bond dude with like a maid who was also a robot. And then like was com- somehow like a robot with guns and shit, but was completely useless and like a damsel in distress all the time. And then he had to get into this like giant ass Power Rangers like Gundam suit to like <laughs> fuck up the world. Sounds like anime. Yeah, it's just a lot, a lot of inconsistencies there. Um <laughs> But you were on the writing side. Yeah, I was on the writing side. So I kind of just came up with the concept and the storylines. And that's really why we got in trouble because it was just his art. Like his art itself was great. But I was like kind of creating these stories. Like I think one of the kids in my class, their one of their parents is on drugs. And like I incorporated that into the comic. And then it was just like, okay, no, no, you got to stop this now. That's it's, your it, voice? No, this is my teacher like talking uh. to me like a lot of my childhood was like me trying to make sense of the very adult things that was happening in our world through like creativity and it being shut down by the powers that be. Relatable. <laughs> yeah. You had siblings, right? Yeah, I'm one of six. I'm a middle child. You're a middle child and of six. And that's also why I probably got away with this because my parents had more children than they had hands. <laughs> and it was like. To be yeah, with. Exactly. <laughs> And just like to even <laughs> to even pay attention, like I grew up in a house where if you were reading a book, it did not matter what the book was. You're reading. So it's good. So like I was reading like a lot of Brett Easton Ellis. Wow. Yeah. As like a fucking eight year old. And my parents were just like American Psycho. Yeah. Like, fine. <laughs> sure. Yeah, the rules of attraction. Go go for it. Keep reading. 
And yes, yeah, so I was just like, <laughs> meanwhile, you haven't even hit puberty yet. Yeah. And you're like, well, this is and I'm amazing. Like, so people rape each other. And sometimes like you're into that. And so, yeah, like Coke is a thing that we all do. So, yeah, I grew up very fast in that regard because I was just being fed the literature way too early. And your older siblings, how did they influence you in your ways in terms of creating? Well, funnily enough, my older brother and sister, we were in a gospel group together. So we would like sing every Sunday and like write songs and practice and perform. And it got to the point where like I would leave school on Friday, like elementary school, and we would go drive to like Mississippi or Alabama and like do these shows and then like come back and have to be in school on Monday. But like they were constantly practicing. We had to work together to like write songs and create like a performance. So they taught me a lot about like singing and showmanship and I guess breath control because yeah. Yeah. That's always a big thing. People don't know how to sing if they can't breathe. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So for this hour, uh, we are actually focusing, putting the the spotlight on you, Tyree. We've got, (laughs) you did bring some clips with uh, you today. And one of them is of the music variety, but a little more backtracking before we get to play the first clip, which is of the musical variety. And it is uh, something that is not of the gospel kind, but kind of- Definitely secular. (laughs) What uh, (laughs) what were you listening to in the tape deck or the CD player after gospel was not such a prevalent force in your life so we broke up the group because uh my brother and sister are like older like two or three years older than me and they were like no we don't want to sing gospel music my brother wanted to rap and that got me into listening to rap and my older sister was like um on her path to becoming a social justice warrior i started kind of like listening to my own type of music and i was very into indie rock at the time uh but i listened to a lot of rap too because i'm black and i'm from atlanta sure yeah Outcast was probably bumping yeah, in every single car on course. the street. Um, I liked a lot of like really like gangster rap too. Like I, I remember listening to um, "It's Dark and Hell Is Hot" by DMX yeah. like all the time. I heard that. What's it's not that's not the that's the second album they yeah. put out. The first album of his, I'm pretty sure, was bumping every single day from one of the kids in the bunk that I was uh, with in summer camp. Yeah. Uh, so I went to a sleepaway camp for two weeks. Only time I've ever done sleepaway and camp. you that are, sucks. in fact, Jewish. I am, in okay. fact, Jewish. Because that's what I think of when I hear sleepaway camp. And all I heard, because he, <laughs> this this dude, I I gotta give a shout out to Eric, because uh, Eric Lauderdale is a good man, but I can't help but think of the time that I went to this sleepaway camp, and he would bring the stereo into the shower with him when he took a shower, and I was just hearing, <laughs> Party up, yeah. No, stop! Drop, Drop, settle down, open up shop. Whoa, whoa. He's like, he's taking a shower like during the summer. We're like 15 to 16. I'm just like, I hate this music. Like for some (laughs) reason, DMX really grated on me that summer just because he played it to death. While you washed your balls. While I washed my balls. (laughs) You're like, yes, I'm power washing my balls. That's the perfect song to to wash your balls. Yeah, because it's like literally stop, drop, settle down, open up shop Uh right here. Like it's telling you to get into those crevices like really you know wash yeah and (laughs) young young men need that i find that young men i went to a boarding school by the way so like community showers i find that people are not bathing as well as they should be oh dear you gotta wash your balls yeah you gotta wash it you gotta wash your legs you gotta wash underneath your your feet you gotta get in the crevices Uh get your pits back of your neck yeah it's just a lot of a lot of things behind the ear i once seen a dude just like straight up chest just all that's all that got wet 
No. Yeah. No. I think. Oh, <laughs> God. I know those people. I've seen them. I I've smell them on the too. subway. Now I know. Because yeah. I'm like, how? How the fuck is this possible? You shower. Your body starts never to make cheese occurred. after a while. Oh, God. Yeah. This just reminds me of another rap song by uh, one of my favorite rappers, uh, Della Funky Homo Sapien, uh, based out of Oakland, California. Where deodorant. Okay. <laughs> Basically, he said, you got to wash your ass if you must. You got to wash your feet if you must. You got to brush your teeth if you must, or else you get funky. <laughs> Bay Area Bay Area rap is so... like. By the time I got to I high may have school, a few was, different words that were Send the yeah. links to me. I need this yeah. song in my It not, sounds amazing. I love it. Yeah. yeah. It's, Do you know the where deodorant one? Read a book, read a book, <laughs> read a motherfucking book. Where deodorant. <laughs> <laughs> There's more, but I can't say it. <laughs> so what inspired you to create this first song, Tyree? Oh yeah. So by this first song, yeah. this first clip, which is of uh, a song. Gotcha. Um so to backtrack a little bit. After the whole Christian rap, uh, Christian group thing how, fell apart. Yeah, how old are you in this clip anyway? That we're I about to hear? am nine, 18, 18, 18, because I'm applying to college. I'm applying to like all the all of the music colleges across the country. NYU Tisch, uh, Frost at Miami, Drexel, just all of the music schools. I'm trying to be a musician. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, I had to send an audition song in. So my brother, who was like rapping but not quite rapping yet he was like just kind of producing and doing like side things he produced a track for me i went into like the band room at my high school and recorded this casually didn't really think too much about the lyrics which is like i want to make like a kind of smooth pop bop that has a little bit of hip-hop in it it was not really reflective of the music i was listening to at the time i was gonna say like i personally feel inclined to ask since uh you're creating something that's a very specific type of music that yeah. there must have been one particular song that you had in mind when you were creating the the, the feeling so like inspiration um no i think because like the beat i didn't make at all i just kind of got it and i just started writing to it i'm a singer naturally and so like Sometimes before I even write the lyrics, I can like just hum a little melody or like kind of put in backing vocals and like create this vocal arrangement first. And the vocal arrangement for this, I was inspired by that song next, um, Too Close, like getting too close, making it hard for me. And then there's like a bridge at the end where it's like, I see that you like it, like, like it, like. And then that part, I, that inspired me to write it. And like, if you listen to kind of the hook, that's kind of where that came about from. And luckily, this track does, did not make money or anything, so I don't have to pay them for that. Is, <laughs> is it the one that goes, step back, you stand in yeah, two? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Is that the one about boners? What? Too close? Isn't yeah. That song yeah. About boners? It's basically like, you're dancing on me and I'm getting a heart, yeah. which low-key happens all the, time. I, all the time. I love the vine that that plays on it. It was an actual video, but then they made it into a vine. Why the fuck oh, yeah. you, Why lie? you lie? You always lie. <laughs> Oh my god, yeah. Stop fucking lying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and also my backup no, plan. I can't get it out of my, head. my backup plan if college if like if music was not gonna be the thing I studied in college was to like study a bunch of foreign languages and become a spy. So that also influenced the song. Hey, with two Y's. <laughs> song by Tyree Rush and produced by his brother, Keenan Rush, right now on LNR. Circa what year? Like 2012, 2011. 2011. 
With the melodic tune, I get exotic in the room, so I gotta knock you down soon. I found you when I think alone with love me. Cause every time I see you, it feels like my heart ring. Nope, that's just my cell on vibrate. You make my heart beat like the drum kit hi hat. My bad, I'm trying to mack a game. You just trying to say I like you. Do you feel the same too? Uh, you know you want it with your man. So say throw out me cost if you really need the plan. And not to be presumptuous because of who I am. But me and Romeo, well, we ain't never been friends. So what it is, you with the kid. I know you got some tough decisions, I'm just trying to be your pig And finger through your tresses of the island of Iran And they ain't talking Reaper Man when I say Khalifa Man And that's when you get that brand money like Like that's a check, like shout out brand You know what I'm talking about? Like, uh, I mean, shit, when the last time you heard a motherfucker like Yo, yo, you know what I'm saying? I'm about to, you know, treat my lady To brand. Yes, exclusive tickets. You know, we got all the amenities and everything you need, nigga. Get that shit. I know I'm about to get that endorsement check on deck. What, what did it feel like listening to that? That's honestly the, I mean, I had listened to it when you were asking me for clips for the show, but that was like the first time I listened to it in full. And I guess now going on eight or nine years. Okay. Um. And Wait, didn't you say it came out in 2011 though? Yeah. Like so, I, so I had to make it in 2011. Well, what, what years now? 2019? Yeah. So eight, wait, yeah. Yeah, eight years. So I had to make it, but I wasn't, it wasn't like officially released on like any platform because I was sending it to the colleges. Mm-hmm. And then I put it on SoundCloud like some years later. What was that experience like? You're uh, independently sending music to colleges. What, what colleges did you send to? What was the reception like? Um. Yeah. So I applied to the Clive Davis music program at Tisch was like relatively new, I guess. Like Lady Gaga was associated with it and Elle Varner, the R&B singer. Mm-hmm. So that was like my main program that I wanted to go to. And then there was the Frost School in um, Miami. And they had a really good program. And I applied to Drexel. And I applied to USC. And I applied to Georgia State in my hometown. Okay. Where Ludacris went. And then yes. I eventually ended up going there. Got it. Yeah. Georgia State alum. I uh, thank you for clarifying. I uh, was a little confused because I thought that you had said that this particular single, of which has really, really nice design, you had shipped to college radio to play. Oh no, 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 no! I literally sent like a the, like a link that only you could see if I sent you the link I to like college admissions for oh, the program. I see. Yeah, but um, once I once I put it out, which like on 
YouTube and stuff, which was like a little bit later. And I think I put it on TuneCore. I did actually, it did get on, get played on a few college radio stations. That's amazing. Yeah. Which, do you remember what stations? Uh, WRAS 88, which is like the Georgia State station. Hell yeah, um, dude. Florida State, because my friend who I met an orientation was going there and was a radio DJ. I think it got played at Syracuse. Amazing. Yeah. So I did actually make like $4 or something. <laughs> hey, that's something. Is that yeah. your first paid gig? Yeah. Because you said it was 50. And now no, no. I'm finding out it was my, four. My paid gig was stand-up, but oh, that okay. was much later. We'll know? get to that so later. So this was your first paid and gig. And I guess technically I got paid when I was in the gospel group because we oh, were nice. doing shows and like churches are very good about misappropriating funds. Yeah. <laughs> they would give us like something to... That was a, a weird time too because we would get paid to do like these shows and then... As kids, we didn't think like we should be saving this money for college funds. And our parents were not thinking that either. So like we basically paid for our own summer vacations every year. Like we would go to Disney World and stuff. But it was based off the money that we made from touring as eight year olds. Oh, that's a shame because a portion of that should have gone yeah. to you as adults. Did yeah. all of it was spent? Yeah, all or of it was there's spent. No child- and I mean, I, I was from a working class family. So like, you know, you're paying for the upkeep. My uh, older sister, my brother and I. We all ended up getting like scholarships to college, so it worked out. Amazing. But, yeah. Um, the next three, they did not. Well, actually, one of them did, but they weren't in a group, so they didn't deserve anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so they're not part of the band. <laughs> Wait, but it was your older brother who was uh, helping you out there on the yeah. track, right? And he actually was he rapping too, or just the producing? He was just the producer, and like he he did some vocals. So like at the end, where you hear that guy like Byron. Everything you like that was him kind of talking because like it was so very casually put together. Like yeah. I was applying to college, but it didn't really occur to me that like people were actually very skilled musicians and putting together like hardcore tracks. I just thought I had to show that I had the potential to be that and that I would get that there. Yeah, so I did not get into NYU. I did get into Miami and Georgia State, um, their programs. But when I ended up deciding on school, which was Georgia State, I did not want to study music because you had to take physics you had to take like the physics of sound or whatever to okay. like because like it's a music degree but you're doing a lot of audio engineering right and i took a lot of ap's in high school so i took ap bio which meant that i did not have to take a science and when i got to school and they were like oh this doesn't count you need to take physics i was like oh i need a new major and so i yeah got a new major <laughs> what was you major in sorry uh i was an independent studies major well yeah so, so you got to call the shots exactly and so um every yeah every year i would just like talk to a board of people about what i was trying to do and they would have to approve my classes so i never took prereqs and i did a lot of internships so like my last two years of college was just internship the three of us hearing this for the first time and it sounds fine i mean i yeah. don't know why you could be embarrassed by <laughs> anything that's that sounds so good like that I personally speaking, I don't like the sound of my own voice when it's recorded. I don't think anyone does, but I don't like the sound of my voice. It's not uh, musically anything that I'm into now. I am impressed by my knowledge of the beaches of Iran because I was very into like international studies and foreign languages and stuff. But I didn't realize that I was like actually as into it when I was a teen like that. And yeah, Bahrain has like a very, a very uh, strong tourism market among the Middle East because like Americans and stuff, they go to Dubai. But like if you live in the Middle East, then you go to Bahrain for vacation. Hmm. And I was so ahead of the curve. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> that's like the restaurants all the locals eat at. Yeah. Yeah. But Wait, an actual one? area. 
we have to take a break. And when we return from this quick word from RFB, we're going to travel down the wormhole with more of the chronology of Tyree Rush's uh, life, the life and times of Tyree Rush. We've only scratched the surface. That's right. Sounding down the wormhole. On Lost and Rewound. On Radio Free Brooklyn. Radio Free Brooklyn is a 501c3 nonprofit organization whose mission is to provide a free and open platform to our community and promote media literacy, education, and free expression. We rely primarily on donations from listeners like you. To help support our mission, we invite you to make a one-time donation or monthly pledge at radiofreebrooklyn.org slash donate. Every cent helps us to continue to stay on the air. So please support independent community media by pledging whatever you can afford. All contributions are tax deductible to the fullest extent of the law. Again, that's RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash donate. And welcome back. We are now back for the second half of this excursion, excursion, excursion with Tyree Rush holding it down for this week's uh, contributions alongside Rachel Teichman and Catherine Dunn. Teichman. I think you said Rachel. I think you did too. Rachel Teichman. Rachel like, Teichman. Oh, that's a new character. There's a lot of Racial Teichmans exactly there oh happening in these you should all actually, times. You should actually change all of your social handles to Racial Tension. I like it. <laughs> Rachel Tension. Cops goes rogue. Oh. <laughs> It's right All of these handles. So yeah, just uh, I know that we're probably going to end up mentioning this towards the end again as we do the plugs. But uh, uh, Kath and Rachel are uh, big Cam Frog members. Anybody who has been on the uh, jib of Lost and Rewound over the last two months is by no stretch surprised to know that uh, Catherine and now Rachel are uh, big, big up and big upping uh, the the Cam Frog community. I'm huge on Cam Frog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Her cup is full. Her cup run of over, in fact. In fact, yes. I, I, that I was feel- a Christian thing, right? <laughs> yes. So, yeah. I think so. Yeah. Rachel I mean- Tension. <laughs> <laughs> so, now we, we fast forward. We're, we're, we're rocking it through the world of your career changes, shall we say. Yeah. You, we were listening to you make a dope song when you were 18. Yes. It was quite dope. Was the next part of your uh, life... Uh, pretty dope as well yeah with that transition from like high school to college you're all like kind of changing and nobody knows what they want to do um and i had the unique experience of going to a boarding school for high school so my high school experience i would compare to going to like a small liberal arts college so much so that when i got to college i felt like you need to have a job and you need to be paying a mortgage like what are you doing what do you why are you wasting time like going to classes um (laughs) So I was being a musician, but it's so hard trying to find a band, trying to get booked for shows, writing, getting the studio time and like, you know, really trying to turn it into a business and building like a fan base, which is something I did not mention earlier. Like I was listening to like rap and R&B, of course. And I think that that's like when you looked at me, you thought R&B singer, rapper, but I grew up listening to like of Montreal and Weezer and I loved like Kevin Barnes and um, Rivers Cuomo the way that they wrote and I wanted to kind of be this Lenny Kravitz Beck type of like indie alt rocker writing music like that and trying to make it and nobody was listening to it 
and nobody was really trying to put it on their open mics. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, you need a new career. Remind me where, where Georgia State is in relation yeah. to like Atlanta. Georgia, Georgia, yeah, Georgia State is in downtown Atlanta. Is it like downtown the, Atlanta? Yeah, it's literally Georgia State, the Capitol building where the mayor works, CNN, and the like football stadium. They're uh -huh. all like in a five minute walk of one another. There's just so much going on there. Yeah. Being heard, much less being seen, must be so difficult when yeah. there's so much action going on there. Exactly. Well, what made you decide to do music journalism? So I was networking and like trying to get out and do more stuff. And while I was not good at getting on stage and like performing and like, you know, I didn't have the work ethic to make that work. I was really good at meeting musicians, befriending them and having cool conversations. Or like I would run into somebody who worked at like one of the radio stations or worked at like a local label and was just getting around that way. I didn't really, I mean, I wrote before, but I never thought of myself as being a journalist. But my friend, um, Isaiah, was working for Reach Records, which is, have you heard of Lecrae, the rapper? Spell that. L-E-C-R-A-E. -E. He's like a, a nope. Christian rapper. Yeah, like, yeah no. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so he was like, he was big at the time. And he was working with him and his label was under Atlantic Warner Brothers. Yeah. And so he was working with them by extension. And... Um, he was like, hey, man, I'm doing an event for this artist, Seven Streeter. She was um, working. She was working a lot with Chris Brown at the time. He was like, do you ever do interviews? And I'm very good at saying that I know how to do the job and then learning how to do it later because I, I want the opportunity. So I was like, yeah, I can do interviews. Um, <laughs> so this was your first interview with yeah, any major with any artist. person. Yeah. This, is my, this was my first time speaking to any person on camera. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what was more daunting? Well, I guess we'll find out when we play the clip. Uh, yeah. Well, we have just uh, the first uh, two minutes to play right now uh, to get a clue in, and we'll do follow ups after. I hope you're smiling and looking at the camera the whole time. <laughs> That's my hope. I did not understand, like, maybe you need to have like three cameras so you have multiple angles, you need B roll. Oh, so it's that... one camera? Yeah. So it's like literally one camera. Two shot. Yeah. Straight on. Yeah. And. Also, I didn't understand like, you know, I mean, I understood doing research, but I didn't know that there was going to be a manager or a publicist around to be like, don't ask that. Or like her her uh, day to day manager, like sat me down right before. Like, so what do you plan on talking about? And I was like, you Where know, just on? we're going to talk. Just like, I'll shut the shit down now. What are you going to talk about? So I had to give her the questions. So it was very like I got thrusted into something that I um was not prepared for, but it was the best way to cut my teeth on it. And like, I was able to use that later on for like a lot of different jobs. Let's make it happen. Yeah. Hi, I'm Tyree Rush with that line is taken. I'm here with Seven Streeter. Seven, how you doing Hi. today? Hi, hey Tyree. So, Seven, as you all may know, has got that single out now. It won't stop with Chris Brown off of her new EP, Call Me Crazy, but yes. now. I actually just found this out. It's called Me Crazy, but I thought it would just call me crazy. Uh-huh, there's a but, cause you can't just call me crazy. So, <laughs> why would they call you crazy? Are you like the crazy girlfriend type? I am not. I am definitely not the crazy type. Um, but you know, uh, you know, I feel like in relationships sometimes you, you know, you may be perceived that way. Yeah. You know, just because you have a a point you need to get across, or you know, a certain kind of way you have to say something. You know, your dude might feel like you're a little crazy, or your girl might feel like you're acting a little crazy. Yeah. So that's why there's the but. Well, going through your EP, Call Me Crazy, but 
Yep. It is kind of a cycle of a relationship. Like I noticed mm-hmm. that the songs that kind of start are very happy and a good mood, like when you're just mm-hmm. happy relationship. So what was your inspiration? Was it a particular relationship or just It was definitely a, a relationship. <laughs> yes. Uh just my experiences in a certain relationship and like uh like you said, the the cycle of it is very true. You know, you start off all great and all happy and it's like oh yeah come on over boo and then oh i'm in love with you and it won't stop oh and then there's sex on the ceiling oh and then you know you calling me crazy because you know i love you you know i you know you belong to me now i'm not with that sharon you know what and then um you know people get a little comfortable they act out and that's what record, records called bands uh come from and then you get into an argument things shatter and fall apart and then it's like okay then there's next because it's like okay do i move on past you or do we stay here and work this out or do i go back to my ex so I like how she just yeah. gave the whole track. It's like it's definitely a yeah. Where is this taking place? My friend was doing like an event for her. She was doing promo for her EP. Yeah. And they had it on our campus, which is why he asked me to like do the video for it you because look so nervous. Yeah, uh-huh. I which was, you, which you can, you, you yeah. at home listening on, um, uh, you you won't be able to see, but uh, our man here is. Fidgeting, jittery, jittery, fidgeting, interviewing a very beautiful, uh, you know, professional recording artist. One prior to the interview, I just got the shakedown. Like, what the fuck? What the fuck do you really plan to do? So I was like kind of scared to even ask certain questions. Like, I think at the time she was dating another artist who was in town and like I wanted to ask about it. But I was like afraid that it was not going to be like it was going to get shut down. And then. Like you're dealing with two things. One, I'm trying to like, I need this to work because being a musician's not working. And I also have my friend who vouched for me to do this and I don't want to like mess this up for him, his job. So I'm kind of like dealing with that and also trying to make this a thing that works. And also it's kind of cringy to watch, not because I'm nervous, but because the type of questions that I asked, like I asked her, why would someone call you crazy? As if like, I don't know why men just call women crazy all the time. Like, oh, they shouldn't. Yeah, they shouldn't. But so, yeah, I was very unpretentious. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was definitely trying to lay my Mac down there. No, um, <laughs> I've seen those moves. <laughs> they don't work. Yeah, it was it was a neg of sorts. Yeah, I know. <laughs> a psychological neg where they have to sleep with you deeper than no, just bad um, shoes. We had a really good conversation that was not recorded at all. <laughs> where she did say yes to dinner yeah no did where she, she say yes to the dress she 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 said yes to to next to nexting me oh yeah, yeah. um <laughs> actually i don't even i don't know what she's doing but shout out to her for even agreeing to do that interview i got to do a lot more interviewing and like jobs after that based on this because of like just the the time that she was coming out, like how big her rollout was for the release. I mean, shit, I mean, the Atlanta R&B and rap scene is so deep that there will be artists that you'll never hear of. And, you know, all you need is one, like, guest shot on someone's record and then you're on the map at the very least. Um, She was very good for, like, she had written a lot of hits for other people. Sure. And then, yeah, and then she, like, just came out and I was like, this is this is going to be a big deal. So I really buckled down to make that happen. But you can definitely see I was nervous. Also, if you notice, my face was so skinny. Like all of this is going to be me looking back at myself. Like, why were you bulimic? What was <laughs> what was going on with your body there? Was uh, it though? Were you do you can you verify that you had an eating, uh, a eating disorder? No. Yeah. Um. <laughs> well, so <laughs> I was always very skinny, but people gave me a lot of shit about it. Like. 
my grandparents would be like, you know, is he sick? Or like just in the South. No one here is from the South, right? I went to school in the South. What part? South Carolina. Like USC? No, Columbia. Coastal Carolina. Coastal Carolina. Oh, okay. Conway, Myrtle Beach. Gotcha. I had a friend who played volleyball there. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, I didn't even know we had a volleyball team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't in the brochure but yeah, no, no like if you're just like a dude and you're not like 510 pushing 190 then all of your masculinity is called into question That's so true. yeah so i dealt with a lot of that growing up like why isn't he eating why is he the skinny what's wrong with him like does, it's the devil in him <laughs> the dad bod is a big deal over there yeah yeah what yeah yeah so i, I, I didn't the- have a eating disorder per se um i don't eat like a lot of fried foods and i had a high metabolism and i was just like very into eating salads and greens and stuff but naturally very skinny but i did have like some sort of body dysmorphic thing and even now i kind of struggle with like do i am i looking too thin do i look healthy people perceiving me as being fraught and feeble yeah (laughs) yeah but especially back then i was like figuring out what my body was doing then that's another thing that makes college even more difficult because while you're trying to figure out what you're doing and how you're going to attack if you're whatever you're doing at college in a professional manner that has some staying power after college yeah you also have to like focus on you know people you're attracted to and how you're attracted to yourself and if you you know you feel comfortable with yourself i think college uh, really provides a lot of discovery for that you're yeah, yeah i'm seeing i'm oh, sorry i was going to say and this interview was shot in color but i edited it to be in black and white because Why? i felt like my face looked too angular and what? jagged in color how does I that see <laughs> that's a thing yeah. Yeah, I was like, no, my angles, I look like Skeletor. So I'm, I made it black and white Just, so that it was like more yeah. blended and it had a more rounder face. You know what's funny? I would probably find Skeletor like <laughs> even more attractive. Uh, how did you get into comedy after doing music journalism? Oh, yeah. So because I did the, the seven video, I was able to like send it around to like different blogs. And I started doing interviews for that. And then I got an internship at Adult Swim, um, kind of doing like music stuff. Jelly, totally oh, it jelly. Was, it was so fun, the best the best TV experience of my life. Um, after that though, I knew like, I kind of knew I wanted to be like an on-air personality or like be in that television space. And there were opportunities to do other things in like production, like on shows, but I was still in school and my parents were very big on like, like my dad told me all my life, all I want you to do is graduate college. And whatever you do after that, I don't give a fuck. What'd your parents do for a living? Uh, my dad drove an 18-wheeler truck and my mom was a travel agent. I started working at CNN because in addition, like it was easier to do while being in school versus like doing these 16-hour days on shoots other places and trying to go to class or whatever. Um, so I was working at CNN and doing like local news stuff and building up my resume and doing like interviews and stuff. The news is like really dark and you don't really get to talk about the things that you want or like report in the ways that you do. So I was getting really depressed and I decided to do stand up as a way to kind of have this like fun thing in my life that was not really professional, but was helping me like cope with the amount of shit that I was doing on the news side. So when I started doing stand up, I told my parents that I was going to do it and they were like, don't talk about us. (laughs) So naturally, so naturally, my first jokes were about my parents, Uh but they were really great. They came to open mics and they like they paid and bought two drinks. My first maybe 10 shows in Atlanta, it was like like the random people who showed up and 10 to 15 members of my family. 
like in the my grandma came once and sat in the front row and I talked oh about um I talked about like dick pics and like my my like Nothing 80 year old I haven't seen. <laughs> my 80 year old grandma's just sitting front row like laughing at something that I know she would never she would never laugh at so I was very fortunate in that oh, regard man. that they were that's they beautiful were really my supportive. grandma watches orange is the new black and has read <laughs> 50 shades of gray and has watched the movie. She's 87, I think. So, like, I mean, our grandparents, like, they had their life. Like, I know growing up, I saw, like, Red Fox and Richard Pryor, like, vinyls and my grandma's, like, closet. So, I know that she had a sense of humor. They but, do. Like, grandparents yeah. do have a sense of humor. They just, like, they don't, don't want to show share it. with you yeah. because they're trying to make you into a better version of the kids that they fucked up. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So... <laughs> It's like they looked at everything they did wrong with their actual children. Are like, I have a chance to make sure you come out okay. So, so like, good, so yeah. true. Oh well, then um, for this particular uh, recorded set from uh, only a few years ago, but yeah. you know, still in sort of accordance with the way your evolution has gone. Uh, I'm curious to hear how uh, these jokes were received by uh, a New York City crowd. This show was in New York. I had just moved to New York that year. Um, to like pursue stand up and just working in TV in general. And I, this was like my first kind of recorded thing. I, it was at Eastville, just a, like a regular mic. I think that um, Jim Gaffigan came in like two comics after me. That's so, a big deal. It was like a drop in though. That happens a lot. Uh. I, I love Jim Gaffigan too, because he doesn't swear anything. I don't, I don't know that I could do it, but I like just the kind of mundane down home humor that he does um so i did this set a few of my friends were there but it was like a lot of strangers yeah and i was kind of learning the difference between like jokes that work in the south versus jokes that don't and a lot of my set a lot of my material i think was about the differences of the south versus the north how you guys doing today we good lies you're all lying Tuesday fucking night, you're here drinking your lives away. You're clearly miserable. In fact, you're on the last job. I'm just gonna take you guys a cry for help, and I get it. It's totally fucked. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and address this now. I see you guys squinting with that like clear remembrance. Yes, I am the guy that dances on your local tray. No, I will not be passing out of collection plate. Although you should still tip me. <laughs> Hello guys, I'm Tyree. I'm, um, I'm from the South, I'm from Atlanta. Hey. Yeah, what's up? Atlanta. I see a lot of white kids here. You guys went to like PWI, you had that one friend. You know that one friend that's like not really your friend, but you took history with him that time, that semester, and like inevitably he'll get invited to your wedding for diversity purposes? <laughs> I'm here. I'm here. I'm here basically. Um, moving up north is that kind of interesting because there's a language barrier, not like Spanish or Chinese, just like general New York language talk. Like this past winter, I realized that a toboggan, which I always thought was a hat, is a sled. <laughs> like down south, we have this thing called heritage, and like up here, you guys just call it racism. It's like whoa. <laughs> Not that New York is a racist city. You guys are some of the most racist people I've ever met. But it's just like, it's different. It's like a micro level thing. Like, um, recently I went to this boutique in the West Chelsea, let's say, because I don't remember where the fuck it was. Um, yeah, I was there at this boutique and I'm like getting ready to like buy my item and the cashier and the guy are just like having this weird exchange. I don't see the whole thing, but what I get is 
Ma'am, if you don't want to sell to Nigerians, by the way, this is my Nigerian accent. I practice really hard on this. Ma'am, if you don't want to sell to Nigerians, all you had to do was let me know. I'll take my business elsewhere. And I thought that was weird because like, how the fuck did she know he was Nigerian? Like, do you just walk around with like, is there is that like a distinctive Nigerian thing happening here? And so like the guy just like walks out of the building and I have my items, so I walk up and I give her a look like, yo, that was, that was kind of odd, right? Like, guys are crazy. And then she looks at me and says, what are you, deaf? I don't sell the fucking Nigerians. The world, honestly, just has been a weird place as I played. Like, in my personal life, I'm like going to this thing with my dad. And um, let me clarify for you guys, black guys are different. You either like love them, or yours been in you as a child. And there's, like, there's no one between. So like, I love my dad, obviously, because he was there. But um, he, he got married recently over April Fool's Day. <laughs> yes, like he literally picked April Fool's Day to a little to his girlfriend. And the way that he let me know wasn't a call, it wasn't a text. He posted the picture of him at the chapel on Facebook with the caption, your boy done did it now. <laughs> like, nigga, did you drop a mixtape in the eighth <laughs> And it's not even like I'm upset about the wedding. Like, I think everyone deserves love. You know, my dad's old. He deserves to have sex on a semi-regular basis. But is it like, is it bad of me? I'm just like, so what's going to happen with that will, pop? Like, I don't even think my dad has much, like probably just his house, but I just want to know that, you know, this bitch isn't going to get it. Your boy done did it now. <laughs> the, Your boy done did it now. I've basically done that so many times that when I really do get married, no one's going to believe it. I've been engaged and married so many times on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just like that. But your dad did it for real, which okay, is interesting. So, so I did kind of um, embellish for the sake of the story. Whore. <laughs> so he did elope and he did do it on April Fool's Day, but he didn't post it on Facebook because my dad's very anti-social media. It was MySpace. Yeah. <laughs> no, but he, he sent me a picture like to just my phone. It was just like, your boy done did it now. And it was a picture of his like left hand with a ring on. Like a, yeah, <laughs> I got this, jewelry. Yeah. Yeah, so leaving me to assume, but like it's April Fool's Day, so I'm like, mm. this is a joke, whatever. I'm like, ha ha, you're funny. Um, he didn't text back after that, and then my too busy my... having sex. Let me break it down for you. <laughs> but they had been dating for a long time, so it wasn't really weird that they got married. It was just weird that they chose to like elope or whatever. But also, this is like a later in life marriage, like in your 50s. So I I kind of get it. Um, and I was yeah, it's a throwaway I was, yeah. marriage at that point. <laughs> There were already like common law, I guess. I was in New York, so I didn't really care. I was like, I wasn't gonna fly down for a wedding. But my siblings were kind of like taken aback at the at how it went down. Um, so like after talking to my brother about it, I kind of wrote that joke and like made it a thing. When I had this video recorded, I sent it to my brother and I was like, specifically, do not send this to dad. Don't send it to him. Don't let him know it exists. And let me guess, that happened. Yeah, me. That's the first person he said. <laughs> it's his ringtone. <laughs> so my dad ended up calling me later. Like, I saw your set in New York. Like, you're really funny. And I was like, Oh, yeah. And he was like, Yeah, that's not quite how the story happened. But I, I get, <laughs> like, he didn't want to say he was mad, but I know that it affected him. So after that, I stopped putting him in my jokes as much. 
Are wow. They, okay. Are they still married? Oh yeah, they, they like were dating for seven years prior to getting married. So it wasn't it wasn't shocking in any regard. I'm like, they lived together. We've known her my whole like most of my adolescence. Everyone just felt like they wanted to be like a part of a ceremony or something. But I was like, this is cool. It's cheap. Um, we don't have to buy tuxes. I don't have to catch a flight. So I was very okay <laughs> with very okay with the process of the of the nuptials. That's wonderful. It's just paperwork. Yeah. And, you know, she has three kids from a previous marriage and he has four terrible from um, his marriage to my mom. So, yeah, I guess they were just assuming they were going to have like this thing that incorporated all of this. But I'm like, first of all, we're all practically grown and they are like pushing 50 and 60. So I'm I'm good. If y'all are good, I'm good. Like, this is what I want to do. Fine. <laughs> but I whatever you do in life, you have to know that. I'm going to make a joke about it and say it to an audience and potentially put it on YouTube. And that was just one of those moments. You had a really good reception there in the audience. Uh, you could audibly hear uh, the recorder of the set. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Who is that who was recording it? Uh, my friend Sam. Um, when I first moved here, I started working at CBS and I didn't know any people. Um, so every like night when we got off work, I would hit everyone that I worked with. Like, and we're all like, you know, 22 to 25 at the time. So I'm just like, what do you guys do? Like, what do you guys do at night? Let's go out. Let's go out. Let's go out. Because I'm just assuming it's the city that never sleeps. We're all young and hungry and like trying to be someone. So we should all hit the town together. And nobody ever wanted to go out. But then Sam started working and he and my other friend, Sejine, they were like really good at like hanging out with me and like doing stuff. So when I had this set, he asked me like, are you recording this? And I was like, no. He was like, give me your phone. I'm going to record this for you because you need to have like videos out there. So that's a real friend. Yeah, exactly. So shout out to him for that. <laughs> Wait, what? I'm a real fucking friend. Yeah, you've been telling me to record everything, and you're right. Yeah, yeah. Being for free information too. You're welcome. I'll bill, I'll bill you later. <laughs> <laughs> I normally charge a lot for this. Unlike your father, uh, you are serially single. Uh, yeah. Somehow your dad has had easier time finding love than you. Oh yeah. Me and my dad are like in constant competition. He's like he's low key <laughs> my best friend. He stopped eating bread like a year ago, and then like he always was like a little bit pudgy, and he stopped eating bread and drinking beer, and he lost all this weight. And I was like, "There's no way in hell you're gonna look better than me." So I had to stop eating bread. <laughs> so now I'm not eating bread because I'm trying to like build have a have a better dad by than my actual dad, which is really quite disturbing. But yeah, it's it's, it's going it's going well. It's going well. It's I going mean, well. I'm still skinnier. You're still and, Skeletor. Yeah. I'm still skinnier than him. I'm not quite Skeletor anymore. Okay. The plan is not necessarily to outlive my dad. I don't care if I die first. I just want to look better as a corpse than he does a lot. Hey. So then die young. Stay pretty. <laughs> well, as much as it sucks, or maybe this doesn't suck for you. I don't know. I hate running, but yeah. that will get you abs. I used to run track, so I'm good with running. And I like doing planking and stuff. Run yeah. and, and do run. like core yeah. exercises and eat and stay single best. and have casual sex that's also good cardio yes that People will also that. help yeah. that will also help sorry to go on that tangent no, i'm no. really passionate about fitness De- this. definitely yeah. yeah yeah which like not everybody knows about me <laughs> but now they do like i don't look like it but i actually like lift weights a lot tyree you, you could be heard here on the radio free brooklyn network with your show serially single yeah i could say that correctly serially single available on every platform and where can people find you otherwise in the world uh, yeah. social media i guess instagram you is can your big follow thing? us on instagram at serial single pod or the ss podcast on any other social media site Tyree Rush here on Lost and Rewound being this week's uh, brave contributor of past audio. Thank you, Tyree. It was such a pleasure to be here. Rachel Teichman could otherwise uh, <laughs> Rachel be... Tension. <laughs> Rachel Tension. Yes, keep it. It's good. 
good. The, 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 the most tense of, of Rachel's uh, could be found on Cam Frog as cups. And Instagram at official cups, brand new. Oh, man, that's big. Brand new. Yeah. Official cups. Yeah, Cam Frog cups 558, Instagram official cups. Beautiful. Catherine can be heard here on Radio Free Brooklyn every Saturday, respectively, in the 3 p.m. and 7 p.m. hours for Dunson and Art Star Scene Radio. And off the mic, you could see her and also uh, Rachel, I do believe, over at the NYC Talent Show at the Creek in the Cave every Sunday at 9 p.m. Meanwhile, uh, we got to get out of here. We just want to remind you, the Radio Free Brooklyn Teen Squad also operates here from the rec room. And if you want to donate to that, you should do so at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash after school. It's a six-week after school program for local teenagers to learn media literacy through media making using a hands-on approach guided by local professionals. Again, that is RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash after school. And again, your donations are tax deductible to the fullest extent of the law. Catherine, Rachel, Tyree, and I'm Alon. Lost and Rewound. Yes. Radio Free Brooklyn. Let's show this clip. That was great. Now so is this. All right. Okay. That's wonderful. Transitions. 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 Can we say it all together at the same time? Transitions. Transitions.